Welcome to the Caribbean Property Investing Podcast, where we share real-life experiences for successful Caribbean property entrepreneurs. Learn about their successes, challenges, and strategies to help you create your plan for financial freedom. Now let's get started. I love my community. It teaches you the importance of being together even for difficult times. Business owners doing their best to make it through, fishermen and farmers working hard to put food on our tables. Nurses caring for the sick shows me who we are made of. People who care. I guess it's about growing together. To ruminate, to create your ultimate living space. And at Courts, you'll find what you need. Choose from our wide range of furniture, electronics, and accessories to complete your space. We're here and ready to assist. Give us a call to place your order. Shop online at shopcourts.com or visit us in store. So ruminate at Courts, bringing value home. Welcome to episode 25 of the Caribbean Property Investing Podcast. And we want to thank you for your support. Thank you for viewing, sharing. Thank you for getting into the conversation. Remember to please check us out on IG, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Actually, we say Instagram already, IG. Uh, but all the social channels um, at Caribbean Property Investing uh, Network. Today, as always, we have a very, very special guest. This guest is, is special because he provided a lot of motivation to me, as well as giving me some good advice uh, on this journey. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, allow me to introduce to you Mr. Gary Prosper. Welcome to the show, Gary. Well, thank you for having me on, um, Anselm. Um, it's a pleasure for me being here um, with you, having this interview. Um, I'm always willing to share, as you know, um, my experience um, whenever I am called upon. I feel I'm duty-bound to do so. I don't know if it's because of my ex my stint at the um, Royal St. Lucia Police Force, or, but um, this is how it has, or it is for me. And I and I okay. really would like to continue that way because I want to share my experience with any, and everybody, each and everybody who actually and you know, wants to have some something motivational because it's difficult. It can be difficult, very. Well, I mean, that's why that's why you're here, Gary. Um, I, I I could attest to that that you have been very generous with knowledge. Uh, whenever I have come approach you, ask you questions, you share it, and not many people like to share uh, business information because or business strategy because I think there's there's a commonly held view that. If I share and make you better, there'll be less for me. But like you, I see it differently. I see the more I share, uh, the more people learn. And hopefully my expectation is that that person as well is going to pay it forward and it continues. So we have a more informed society, people who can make more informed and better decisions. So why don't you just tell us about yourself and your background, Gary? Very well. Well, I grew up in Corinth. Life was very difficult. Um, I I don't I don't think it's out of the ordinary because most of my parents that I've spoken to similarly have been through the same experience as I have. Um, it's nothing special. I mean, it's the hard life, hard knocks, 
I mean, you know, you grow up in a one-bedroom house, everybody <laughs> I mean, in one room, and then you basically have to share everything. And one of the things that I um, learned, you know, during that experience, I would call it experience because even though it was difficult, but it was some form of experience that really taught me a lot, that, um, you know, helping each other is, is supposed to be the order of the day. I mean, if, if your brother asks you for a helping hand, it's, 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 it's like a given. You're supposed to help when you call upon. And then boy, growing up taught me, you know, taught me that. And, and as I travel along, um, I mean, through school, it was very difficult. I mean, I had to work during um, my vacation. I had to work even on weekends in order to make en ends meet, you know, um, well, growing up, my well, my father. Whoa, you know the story. <sighs> no, my, no, mother, no, my mother and my grandparents are the ones were the ones chipping in for most of my school life, if not all of my school life. And and God bless my aunt. I mean, she really tried hard with me. I mean, you know. But um, growing up, the discipline was there because my grandfather insisted that I cannot stay idle. I had to be, I had to do something, you know? So the gardening was all part of it. The animal wearing, uh, wearing was part of it. The, 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 the farm was all part of it. I mean, the hustle and bustle going to cashews with my grandparents to sell something and quick in and out was all part of it also. I remember a point in time at primary school, I actually had to be picking plums picking whatever fruits available, you know, so at the end of the day, I could have a meal and I had to bring the rest of the money back to my grandmother. And, <laughs> and then she would actually count it and show me how, okay, how you do business. You, you actually, you could take a portion and then you could save a portion and you could leave something else for somebody else. So it was all a learning process for me though very difficult because I tell you those days were challenging, challenging because imagine you born, you, I mean, basically you, you, no pipe, born water, no electricity. So I, I, I went through all that, you know, and at a point in time during my secondary school life, I decided that um, I want to do something different apart from working the farm because in my grandfather's mind, I would have taken over the reins of the farm. And, you know, so I decided to do different and there was some form of a generational gap and some form of, of tension there. But um, at the end, he understood, he understood. And then I, from secondary school, I joined the Royal St. Michel Police, Police Force and I attached, well, it was the band unit, the, the force, but um, the band unit I was attached to. So... I gave it my all. I played, well, um, guitar, trombone, and I actually performed as a, an artist. Um, well, some people might know, some people won't, because that wasn't, <laughs> it didn't last that long, you know? And then I decided, hey, my father is into business. My mom is into business. I was taught from an early, early, early life, or earlier in my life that I, I, I can actually do business. My grandmother taught me my first lesson so then I should try something. So I decided to try um, 
a car rental. It was very expensive to start off with, but then, you know, I had to bite the bullet and I had to tell tell myself, well, is either 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 I stay in the band or I start my business, you know. And then I opted to start the business. I had nothing. I started with nothing. I don't know how can I explain that when I said I started with nothing. Um, first okay. of all, Gary, Gary, first of all, first of all, um, two things, two quick questions. Did you have any experience in music when they decided to join the band section of the Rob Sunshine Police Force? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I remember growing up as a child, my uncle... Um, played a lot of music in the house, especially reggae music. And I became really attached to reggae to the point where that is where I found comfort when things was real bad with me. I mean, in terms of um, um, my relationship with my, 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 my people and my parents and other people, and that when I, feel, when I felt real despondent, reggae music was what kept me on track because of the lyrical content, conscious reggae that is, huh? That's um, Peter Tosh and Bob Marley, Robert Nestor. I mean, I learned a lot from the songs that they sung, and the lyrical content was really impactful on me. So um, I decided to learn the guitar. I learned the guitar on my own, and uh, it is in a barbershop. My brother and I owned a barbershop at a point in time um, that I learned music. I used this space to learn music and to harness my skill and to hold my skills there um, okay. to the point where I think in in the uh, 19, ni- 1997 or 1996, I actually won a competition. Yes, singing Wolfcatcher. I think that song okay. just came out. Came out, yeah. Yeah, I actually won a that's competition. Nazio, that's Nazio. That's Nazio, Nazio Fontaine. Yes, Nazio okay. Fontaine, yes. All right. So, so you, you, so you, you, you were exposed to music because of your your uncle in the extended family. You joined mm-hmm. the police band. Uh, you are a musician. You want to commission. You had a single, yeah. Yes. What what made you decide? Okay, you're a musician of some sort. Maybe you could sing at the hotel, but you also have a full time job as a member mm-hmm. of the police band. What drove you to start the current business, and why did you choose the current business? Okay. Yeah, well, I always wanted to do business. I remember from school before I left or during school, I started a young business venture there at the Cyrus Simmons. I went to Cyrus Simmons. Yes, I started a young business venture there um, under Miss Pascal as principal. And um, it really was, there was some satisfaction that I got. So upon me leaving school, I always said to myself, I must start a business, you know? Because um, I had always had this entrepreneurial um, sense, you know, that I wanted to explore. So, um, during my time in the policeman, I decided to have a business where I don't have to give it too much attention. A business where I could just conduct and probably go back to work as a bandsman. (laughs) So, car rental was more appealing to me because I could just drop a vehicle at any point in time or anywhere and then just go back to work. And so I did, you know, but at a point in time, it became real hectic, it became real busy for me. Um, the business took off and then I decided that it was time to leave, time to part with the bird. And so I did this and, um, in, and, to, and I also incorporated other aspects of the business related 
to the character, you know, that I that I that I really am happy now that I did. Gary, let me ask a question for for the benefit of our audience. They they like to know a lot of details, uh, but I always say I allow my guests, our guests, to share as much or as little as they would like to. Overall, we're just trying to get the key message. Can you share with our audience how you were able to get your first rental car? Yes. Okay. So here I am, Royal Central Policeman. Um, I was still very new, well, relatively new. Yeah, my salary wasn't much. It was about, let me see, about 1300 to 1500 EC. And um, I want to start a car rental business. Now, bear in mind, the price of a car is about... Well, for a good a good vehicle that I could actually do business with, probably twenty something thousand dollars. But then I have a construction background, so what I did with the little savings that I had, as I probably had about five thousand dollars or maybe less saved, you know, and um, I could have done well. I uh, because of my experience with my brothers and my uncles, well, I I gained a little ex well um, skill in construction. And uh, tiling was one of the things that I did um, in my spare time. So I decided during my vacation that I'm going to try to get some tiling, tiling jobs in order to um, be able to start the business, to raise funds to start the business. And so I got a job. I got a, I got a job at a guest house, imagine, to tile about, it was about five or six rooms and a lobby area. And then there were other um, areas that I needed to tile also. So I took on that job and it actually paid something like, let me see, 13,000 EC. 13,000 EC. So um, here I am on vacation. So I went to work and I actually did that job on my own, by myself. I worked night and day just to make sure that I complete that job so I can get the funds in order to start the business. Okay, it was very difficult. My goodness, it was hard. But that's what I had to do to get the funds. So I did. And then I bought my first car. It was a crash car. I brought it down from Japan. So I have a friend of mine who is a bodyman. So he fixed it. I paid him. And then there I was with my first car. My first okay. Gary. investment. Yeah. Uh, so Gary, so fast forward, the Carindel takes off. And then, and then we meet. I met you because your lot was bordering a small lot that I had to purchase. So yes. why don't we get into your real estate journey? Tell us one, why you bought that lot, why you bought it there, and how your real estate journey evolved. Wonderful. Well, with the car rental and business taking off, I wanted some place that was convenient to serve my clients. And also with the thought of me, Live in the band because I know at some point I'd have to leave. So I wanted something to complement what I was doing. So I decided to do the, 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 the guest house. And the plan was to just have everything um, 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 for business, the entire, the entire spot cut for business. Um, but then plan, the plans changed slightly. I made slight adjustments. and But then the plan still remained. So I decided to start on my own because since um, I went, since, um, let me see, I went to the bank 
and I was denied the, the loan. I, I wanted half a million BC and I was actually denied. Um, so I decided to go to a plan B. And my plan B was to put myself at work. That's when you met me. So I decided to resign from the bank, which was kind of crazy because I have I didn't have a proper footing yet in construction and the building was not completed. It was at a stage where <laughs> not even livable, <laughs> but I decided to take a leap of faith. And then I put myself to work, use the funds that I had available to me until I got the build, the structure about, it was about 30, 30 to 40% finished, 30 to 40% done. And um, I got a call from the bank asking me whether or not I still wanted the loan. Yes. Well, that was a godsend. <laughs> so I decided, okay, yes, I still want a loan. So I went down and I signed for it. And then I was able to complete the structure. Now, in completing the structure, I had no idea how I would market the place because um, I didn't know about Airbnb. I didn't know about VRBO. I didn't know about no website that promotes properties. I didn't know anything. I just decided I want to do rooms and I want to rent it. And I want to do self-contained rooms and I'm going to rent it. Stick up in, guys. Stick up in. Stick up in. Stick up in. I always have to keep keep uh, ensure that, that we're all on the same page. So when mm -hmm. you decided to start building on the lot, first of all, where, at what point in, in the journey did you acquire the lot? Like, I, I think we need to know, like, at the, at the time you started the lot, how many cars did you have at that, at that time when you decided to do that? And how did you choose there? And finally, I know it's three questions, and finally, why did you decide to do self-contained rooms? So the first one was, about how many cars did you have when you acquired the lot um, and you started to build? And then why did you choose to do self-contained rooms? I know you said you wanted a business that was closely related to the current. Mm -hmm. Why did you decide to do a guest house right there? Okay. So at the time prior to me starting the guest house, I had about 11 cars. Yeah, my, the business grew to 11 cars. Um, it was quite modest and I was generating enough so, to do something else. And um, at that point, I had already acquired the lot because I acquired the lot under some strange circumstances because I was kind of just passing. I was passing and then I think it was Valmo's son, Money. Who was on the lot, and I already and I asked grandson. him whether or not grandson, 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 Money's sorry, grandson, money. Okay, yes, grandson, and I asked him whether or not was available. He told me that um somebody else had already, you know, somebody else had already put a deposit on the lot, so I he he doesn't think that it's available. But then I kept calling him because I told him I wanted a lot on that street, so I kept calling him, and one day he called me until and told me that. There was a lot available, but he doesn't know if I'll want it. And, you know, because the place is a flood prone area and he explained to me, he went on to explain, but I told him, nevertheless, I, I, I wanted to, I want, I, wa I wanted to see it. And my neighbor, when I came there to see the Lord, my neighbor encouraged me 
And you know, my neighbor speaks very loud, Mr. Mr. St. Bryce. <laughs> he speaks very loud. <laughs> and, <laughs> and his words were, boing! <laughs> For, for 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 our Caribbean nationals who who don't know Creole, poi in Creole means take it, grab it. Yeah, it yeah, poi. That means take it. Yeah, take it. You say it's good. Take it, poi, poi abuesa. Take it. You know. So that really encouraged me to you know take the the, the step forward. Although I'd already made up my mind, but you know it really gave gave me the the, the confidence to do so. So I purchased a lot. And then after, not long, after a year or two, I decided to start start construction because um, I had already done a plan. I already had a plan. But before the plan was approved, I shouldn't say that, but I must say before the plan was approved, I already started construction, you know, but on my own, before it was approved. I, I certainly must point out that we don't recommend any of our uh, listeners to build on a lot before you have the permit or the approval because one you may stop you and you may never be able to to continue the building as we've seen in some instances in some islands some countries you have unfinished buildings and two that money you have in that ground will have just been wasted and you might not be able to do anything in that space for a long time because the the, the case might be caught up in court and preventing you with the opportunity of going further ahead. So Gary, continue. So I guess you you had some level of assurance that you will you are buying within the code. So you started, but we don't recommend that. But tell us. So you started building before you got the approval. Continue. Yes, but but fortunately, fortunately for me, the approval came swiftly and quickly. So I was able to continue um, construction without any glitches, and. Um, the whole guest house, guest house concept began to take root. Yes, it took root because one, my father explained to me that he had some terrible experiences with long-term, with long-term rentals. And I said to myself, this is something that I don't want to be caught up in. Because um, at present, he has a number of tenants owing him. And... And, and that's it. There's nothing you could do. Cuts, whatever. That's it. You know, I mean, that money is gone and lost. So I, that's why that's one of the main reasons why I I, I wanted to do the, the, the short term rental. And also, I like to accommodate people, you know, Be, because of my experience entertaining and on stage and in the real central police band, going out to the communities, playing and just watching people smile and watching the, the happiness on their faces. The, I mean the happiness that they that they that they show when the music is being played. I mean that really captivated me. So, you know, the guest house was one way of actually entertaining people and bringing people um, 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 to your place and, and actually making them feel good and feel and feel happy and satisfied. Yep, and um, I had no way of knowing how I would have marketed the guest house. Absolutely none. I went into it blindfolded. And um, after the, the place was completed, well, well, during that time, I met you, Anselm. I met you and um, you spoke to me about VRBO and then someone else spoke to me about Airbnb. I'm not sure it was you or 
or another friend of mine spoke to me about Airbnb, and then I was I was taken aback. I was I mean I was happy, but I didn't know they had they, they had such um um online platform yeah. sorry that exists that you could actually promote your business um almost for free even even though it's for it's for a small small amount but i mean that's negligible negligible compared to the the, the amount of business that you could get so i jump on the bandwagon you know and um i must say that that's one of the best decisions i've made you know um because of the fact that a lot of people discouraged me you know when i wanted to take that leap no one understood but then only two put only two persons I spoke to who really gave me the push and the drive in order to take that step. That's my madam now, Dion, and um my dad. Yeah, these are the two persons. Everybody else were crying because they they, they, they were telling me, boy, you are living a secured government um um um, um, em, em, employment. Yeah, employment, yeah, job, and then you are actually venturing out into something that you know nothing about. You don't even know if you're going to succeed. But then that's what success is all about. Success is about taking a leap of faith, you know, doing certain things that, you know, you wouldn't do ordinarily. Because any any person who takes that step, I mean, it's, it's, it's not easy. Because you get all sorts of discouragement and all sorts of things running through your head. But then when you decide upon something, the best thing to do is to take that step. Take that step. Because you don't wanna you don't wanna leave this if this place, you don't wanna leave this if and, 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 and tell yourself that you, you regret not doing this one. I think as a man, as a human being who exist and who walk the face of this earth, I believe you have a duty to yourself, you know, to obey yourself and not to let yourself down when you decide upon something. I think that's one of the things that, you know, a lot of people have not gotten yet because that sense of security, it is false. I repeat, that sense of security that you get, especially in a job area, job environment, in government, it is false, okay? And I think that when you make up your mind to do something, take the first step. That's my advice. I think Gary, Gary, this is a good, this is a good, a good time for me to say this. I think that the the pandemic, um, although the almost the ultimate uh, disaster, um, really showed all of us that, that there's no job security, you know, and 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 nothing is guaranteed. So you also have. Always have to make a plan for yourself. Before before we move on to the challenges that you had, other than gain financing, I, I always like to to understand the thought process behind the space that you had. You wanted to do a guest house. How did you decide how many rooms? How did you decide, you know, how you apportion the space and the design into to to to, to get to one way you get maximization for your investment. And two, at the same time, which I found uh, quite comfortable, the room designs. All right. Yeah, that's a good question. So whilst I was into the fees, um, I decided to do a little bit of a research because I watched um, the tiny house craze 
that's um, piercing through the through the um, through the waves now through television mm-hmm. and other mediums, mm-hmm. and um, I saw how people could actually live minimalistically. You could you don't need a big space. Even growing up, I grew up in a one bedroom house, and I mean there there was literally everything. Everything was there. They, they, I mean, they had the table, they had the chairs, they had the, you know, the stove. The, everything was there in, in a very small space. So that kind of gave me the idea that if I could put not everything, but most of those things that makes life comfortable in one small space, that somebody could live there for a week, two weeks, even a month, even a year, that I could actually maximize on the amount of rooms that I that I needed because I didn't know at the time how many rooms that I wanted to put, you know. But then as a design became more revealing, I decided, okay, then the ground floor, I knew I could have had six rooms in a on 5,000 square feet of space and still have space all around. And the top floor, I mean, I could have put four to five rooms there and the top floor and the top, the floor after that, I could have probably done the same thing, you know? So the design came in as a result of even my experience growing up, seeing that a small space, you could maximize your property by building small spaces and putting um, the, 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 the basic stuff in there that are necessary for good living or for comfortable living. And, 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 what were some of the challenges you experienced when you say top three challenges you, you experienced other than getting the financing, which typically is number one for most people? My top challenge, well, getting the expertise, the workers, and um, putting all the materials together because in St. Lucia, it's so difficult to get the materials that you really want, you know, in, in order to make um, your space what you want it to, what you want it to be. Um, it was a, it was a, it was very challenging. I had to think out of the box, you know, to use um, substitute material, you know, in order to make, I mean, my, 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 um, you know, to make the rooms as conducive as possible. Because most of the, most of the things that I wanted, I actually had to make it. I actually had to try to. I brought in a friend of mine to to make in graphic to make some of the some of the furnishings and some of the um, um, some of the framings and you know, and some of the finishes that I finishing finishings that I wanted because it's so difficult to get the material that you that you need. And still, it's I felt I I felt that I I kind of fall short because of that. And you know, and then it yeah be, yeah because of the difficulty in in in, in getting and uh, sourcing the materials that you need in order to, you know, have your place the way that you want to. Okay. What, what other challenges you, would you say um, made it, you know, even even more difficult um, between when you started and where you are today now? Okay. Apart from financing, um, I would say the weather, because during the time that I, I, I was building, I mean, the weather was, it was um, erratic, very erratic. I remember at one point that we actually had 
and we plaster the entire side of the building and it immediately after that it rained and then a whole day of work got washed down <laughs> entire day of work got washed washed away um you know because even though we, we i would check the weather regularly i would see what's happening and the, the weather was it was very unpredictable for me and then i lost i lost quite a bit you know in 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 material and even in labor you know that i had to improvise once again and and, and try to see how i could um remedy the situation by by probably waiting so that kind of prolonged the construction process much longer than i i would i would have loved to but then you know it is part of the sacrifice or part of what i had to go through in order to achieve uh, my end goal when when you were but two things let, let me address that that issue about the weather unless it's hurricane season most people do expect, expect us to have challenges in the caribbean but that kind of weather and the mm -hmm. timing of uh, the torrential rain as you said can can prove quite expensive so typically what how it's done is especially if it's a two-floor building you try to get to the roof as quickly as possible you know you don't do any yeah. of the side the columns and you go up and then after you do the roof then you plaster the inside and leave the outside for brighter days. That's typically how I've seen, you know, my contractor do it. In terms of, of being listed on the, the online platforms, you have to get pricing correct, Gary. Um, my units were 450 square feet and I priced between $99 a night and $129, $129 a night, but mainly between $99 and $109. You price anywhere from $40 to 80 and i was thinking about this guy you've really maximized the space because my units are two bedroom well the initial units were two bedroom and 99 percent of the time i get a couple so i always have one bedroom empty and you can't rent that bedroom out whereas with you for half that space you can rent one self-contained unit which is what maybe 200 square feet for 70 dollars yeah. so i think i think there's something to 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 consider for our, for our listeners, if you're thinking of doing short term um, for a price point, I think under 150, you probably need to do one bedroom uh, because because you can have it a lot denser. Because most of our our guests, most of the guests, uh, uh, the, the transient guests, are persons who want self catered accommodation and a place to sleep and maybe a balcony for relaxation. So why don't you tell us how you went about choosing your price point? Was that uh, from your your own intuition, or we know that the platforms give some guidance. And what was your strategy there? Who are you catering to? Okay. Yes. Well, first of all, I realize also that Saint Lucia have been predominantly a couples couples destination. Because I think um, several hotels have have gotten the award of, you know. Of of having having the best romance or the rom well Saint Lucia on the whole Saint Lucia yes you know for, for romance yeah for, is number one for romance so, and standards more than ten years oh, standards more than ten years in a row and number one in right. the hotel for well, I think yeah so go ahead uh, right yeah so with that in mind I figured okay well most persons who come to come to the island are actually couples. So that's one of the reasons why the, why I decided to do the the, the the um the studio apartments, you know, and and the other reason the other reason is 
um, um, for the price and everything, I, I said to myself, um, my location is okay. So, you know, I don't, I don't have a, a, like a, like a, like one of the best locations out. So I figured to myself, if I could price, if I could price the rooms right um, below or way below um, some of the some of the guest houses around, because I checked the prices of the guest houses around, I saw that they were anywhere anywhere between between sixty US and even ninety US, anywhere between there, depending on um, how many beds in the room and the amenities and and all of that. So I decided to price price the rooms just a little below, so I could get more traction. It will be more attractive to persons, um, I, I mean, who travel in the islands because, you know, not everybody can afford a certain price point. So if you could come um, um, to my place, you could actually stretch your dollar because you, you can pay 40 or 50 US for a room. You could rent a car and you could go out and you could actually um, um, patronize the, 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 the community, you know. You could actually, I mean, help in other, other, other persons in the community, I mean, do business also. I mean, you're actually creating an opportunity for other persons out there who wants to be in the tourism industry, you know? So all that came to mind. So that's why my price, I price, I price the rooms right just a little below, um, um, like, 80 or 70 i mean so, sometimes i even go down I go as low as in the 30s depending on what time of of of, of the year you know and it, it depends on how long you're in the room for so we actually work with a lot of our customers if you go on airbnb right now i'm certain you could find us there for way less than 40 40 us a night but you have a minimum um number of nights right Yes, I have a minimum number of nights. That's two, only two. Okay. All right. So, Gary, throughout this whole journey, because I think we're going to have another show where we're going to talk about Airbnb only and the strategy around that. Uh, but in terms of that journey, my thinking is is the car rental help the, the guest house business or did the guest house business actually end up helping the car rental in the end? How, how would you explain the complementary relationship and... Uh, what percentage of your guests you think rent the car from you? Okay, nice, nice question. Yes, so, and even having been in the car rental business, people always ask me, do you do you know a place that we could spend a couple nights? And most of those persons who were actually doing business, well, you could see they're modest people, and they're people who, who don't necessarily want to be in the hotel environment, but they want to be in a, in, a, in a community, in a place where they feel safe and in a place that suits suit their budget, you know? So with people having, asking me, where can I get accommodation and all of that, that's one of the things that really, really encouraged me and it really complemented complement this business, the, 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 the guest house business. And also when persons come, some of the time or most times they don't know if I'm, if I'm getting a booking away from the platforms, they don't know that I have car rental. So they usually ask me, where can I get car rental? A reasonably priced. 
So I usually give them a nice package with room and car, or if they've already booked their room, I, I, I give them a good price on the, on, on, the, on, the, on the car rental. Example, once you book with us, you book with LPI accommodations, Laposotin, LPI accommodations, then you don't pay a deposit on the car, on the car rental, you know? Because, uh, I, mean, I mean, we use that as, as um, I would say, I mean, a gesture, good gesture for our guests, you know, and good incentive for our guests to come back and to probably give us some advertisement through word of mouth. So, so you would say almost all of your your guests who who stay with you would rent your car, your cars. Yes, like I would say okay. about eighty to ninety percent of my guests. Yeah, the okay. only time okay. you find they would rent a car is probably they don't know that we have car rental. Yeah, or, yeah. We, or we are unable to drop a car probably on down v on the airport for them. That's the only time. Or we advise them otherwise or if we don't have any vehicles. I'm sure I'm sure the, the, the platforms have the options, um, the option of, of allowing you to tag onto a car, just like Expedia um, as a kind of like an end unit or the end portal um, or the customer-facing portal, part of the portal. But I guess you as a provider, I'm sure there will be an opportunity in time to actually also add list cars, the same way you list in rooms. But as, as my, my final question, throughout this whole journey, what, what, what advice would you have for our listeners, anyone interested in starting off on the property ladder or real estate investing? Okay. My first advice is keep your dream alive. That's very important. The thing is, um, many people dream and a lot of people don't end up fulfilling that dream. And um, you have an opportunity still because the, the fact that you're still alive, it means that you still have a contribution to make or you do have a contribution to make. I say go make that contribution no matter what. Don't let anyone deter you. I mean, it's very difficult because one of the first set of persons that will deter you when you set out to do something, something that is probably out of the ordinary, uh, the people closest to you most of the time, your family. So you must guard yourself, not against, but guard yourself, you know? So when you actually perceive that someone is act not on your side, it's difficult to move away. I've explained that again, but you have to let go. You have to set yourself apart. Imagine there's a story in the Bible about Jesus Christ. He went away for 40 days and 40 nights. I mean, there was a fundamental reason why he did that. So I say, you let it go. I say, you go away. I say, you separate yourself, you know. Um, and then you decide at what point you want to start to pursue your dreams because you alone alone can decide that. And one thing, I mean, the challenges will always keep coming because the moment, the moment you set out on that journey, I mean, all hell will break loose. Just to let you know, all hell will break loose. <laughs> but keep focus. One of the things that you have to do is to keep focus and then keep keep it in your mind that you have to achieve 
that particular purpose because it means that you have to map it out and you have to create your own footprints. And sometimes nobody have walked there before, but you have to create your own. And that is where, that is where the, the men are separated from the boys and the girls separated from the women. And then you have to know that you cannot give up. Because if you do, that's probably the one of the worst things you'll be doing to yourself, you know? I mean, I believe that you must achieve what you set out to because you send a very positive message out there that it can't be done, you know? And other people will be motivated and encouraged by it. So keep it alive, you know? Keep the journey alive, walk the journey, continue to walk it no matter how difficult it is because challenges are there to overcome. And if there are no troubles, if there are no problems, then there's nothing to solve, you know? Everybody will be by the beach with the feet up. But there are things to be done. So I say to you, do it. Don't linger. Do it. Because yesterday, yesterday, I was 18. Today I'm 40 something. <laughs> so don't linger. <laughs> yeah. Don't linger. Begin the journey now. You know, and take it seriously. Okay. All right, Gary. Um wow. Um quite quite moving words and and and, and when 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 I'm I, I mean I'm overwhelmed with some of the things that you said because I've known you for some time and they are powerful. Words and we we hear it time and time again from almost all of our guests the importance of having a dream, having courage. Um, sometimes, in fact, most times going against the tide, and that does not mean that you're not listening because you still can listen to to advice family members and loved ones have. Um, what I always say is because they love us and they care about us, they don't want to see us fail. But at the same time, you know that if you don't try, you would know if you will not fail because you, you instead of falling or failing, you might fly. And you might win, yeah. and in most cases, with the right discipline, you know our 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 guests actually show that they're actually winning in their respective areas because of that courage and focus. Okay, so Wonderful. you've been listening to another episode of the Caribbean Property Investing Podcast and the Riveting Story. We want to thank you for your support. Share our socials, share the podcast, uh, send us your questions at uh, Caribbean Property Investing at gmail.com. Check our website, caribbeanpopulinvesting.com or all of our handles on social media. Until next time, as I always say, everyone needs somewhere to live. You might as well own yours. See you. I love my community. It teaches you the importance of being together even for difficult times. Business owners doing their best to make it through. Fishermen and farmers working hard to put food on our tables. Nurses caring for the sick shows me who we are made of. People who care. I guess it's about growing together. To ruminate, to create your ultimate living space. And at Courts, you'll find what you need. Choose from our wide range of furniture, electronics, and accessories to complete your space. We're here and ready to assist. Give us a call to place your order. Shop online at shopcourts.com or visit us in store. So ruminate at Courts, bringing value home.
Congratulations and thank you for tuning in to the Caribbean's first property investing podcast. We want to help Caribbean people create wealth and achieve financial freedom through property investing. Our show provides general advice based on personal experiences and is for educational purposes only. For more information, resources, and past episodes, visit us at CaribbeanPropertyInvesting.com. Remember to click the subscribe button so you never miss a show. Let's go.